This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Why don't you open your Bibles to John chapter 16. But now I go away to him who sent me. This is Jesus. He's talking to his disciples. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, Sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. I want to start speaking about something today, and I'm going to need to continue it next week because I'm not going to get enough time to do it. Um, So I really would encourage you to come for the second bit because you need to hear both halves. You can't just get the butter without the bread or the bread without the butter. You've got to have the both. Jesus is sitting here and he's talking to his disciples. And his disciples have no clue what's about to happen. They've spent three years with Jesus and they've been taught by him. And they've been introduced to a way of living that they've never known before. And Jesus is talking to them and he's sitting saying, everything that you've known, everything that you've understood up until this point is going to change. And it's really good that I go away. And... We have an understanding as to what's coming because we've read the book. The thing is, we have to understand in the context of where they were, they're sitting there having a look at Jesus who's sitting saying, I'm leaving and this is a good thing. I'm leaving and it's a good thing. And they don't get that. They didn't realize that their life with Jesus was coming to a crossroads and something significant was going to happen. Jesus is talking to them about the fact that The person that you've known and the person that you've understood is no longer going to be here because something more significant is going to take place in your life. Something more significant is going to happen. What they didn't recognize and what they didn't know was that the Jesus that they understood, the Jesus that they had spent time with, the Jesus that had modeled for them what it was to live the Christian life, the Jesus that had shown them and given them an understanding of the Father, the Jesus that had given them an understanding of what the supernatural life was all about, the Jesus that they had understood had to leave in order for the spirit of truth to come. They didn't realize that. They didn't understand that I had to lose something in order to gain something. And the challenge with it is they're sitting there saying, how can you, the personification of everything that I need, everything that I'm wanting, everything that represents the kingdom to me, how can the loss of that be a good thing? And he's saying, because you've got no clue what's coming around the corner. The challenge with so many Christians is this. We have such a good understanding of so much of the kingdom. As a newborn believer, the first thing that we always want to do is we always get people indoctrinated into the word. We give them the word, and that's not a bad thing. The challenge with it is it comes with certain um, challenges, inherent challenges, in that we always want to understand the word. We want to have a good understanding as as to what it means to be born again. We want to understand what it means to walk into the kingdom. We want to understand what it is to be blessed. We want to understand what it is to, to receive God's forgiveness. All of these things are really good. But the challenge is we move to a place where we have to let go of what we understand in order to reach life. I know you're asking me how. Just trust me. Stick with me on the journey. You just got to get the point. The point is this, our understanding can take us to certain places, but life is going to take us in a totally different direction. And the challenge with it is we've got so many Christians who know so much about the kingdom and yet they're so unfulfilled. 
The challenge that we have is we've got so many Christians, so many born-again believers who are sitting at a place where they're praying for things and yet they're not seeing the result that we're looking for. They're laying hands on the sick, but they're not recovering the way that we thought that they should. I'm living in the blessing. I'm living in the, in the, the promise that God is going to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing on my life. And I'm still looking for it because I haven't realized it yet. The disciples had no clue that in order for them to walk into what is going to happen at Pentecost and what is going to happen in their lives as a result of Pentecost and the Spirit coming upon them, they had to let go of the Jesus that they understood in order to gain the Spirit of life. What many Christians are at a place right now where the way forward for them is to let go of the Jesus that they know, the Jesus that they understand, in order to gain the Spirit of life. To gain the Spirit of life. I'm going to read something to you. Make a note of it because I want to read it out of the the Message Bible. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. It says, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements, uh, improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built... I didn't say it! Who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. There are a few things that I really want to point out in this. The first thing is this. Jesus is talking to people who are in the process of constructing homes. He's talking to people who are in the construction business right at the moment. It's important because what it means is he's not talking to unbelievers. He's not talking to people who have no relationship with him. He's talking to people who have a relationship with him. He's talking to people who are sitting saying, I understand that there is a God that I really love. And my intention in my heart is to build a life around this God. I want to move to a place so that I can step into kingdom realities. I want to move to a place where I can realize all the promises that he has for me. I'm in the process of constructing a life around what he has available to me. He's speaking to people who have a heart intention to build something. If you've got a heart intention, God's talking to you today. He's talking to you today. The thing about it is, although they're constructing the homes, the homes obviously look pretty similar. Because what he said is the point of difference is not the homes. The point of difference is the foundation. Be careful in Christianity. Because you may have been a Christian for 45 years. You may be somebody who spends your whole life going to church with regularity. You may be a person who wakes up every morning and you diligently pray and you read your Bible. You may be a person who's immersed in all kinds of reading to gain more of an understanding of God. The question is, what happens when the storms of life come? Does your house stand? That's the biggest issue. Does your house stand? I don't want somebody in my life necessarily who's going to be a mentor to me just because they're older, just because they're wiser, just because they've been born again for a longer period of time. I want somebody in my life whose life, whose house stood when the, when the storms came. Then you've got something to teach me. Speak to me about how your house stood. He's talking to people about houses standing. 
The challenge with it is we can be in the construction business and this is the deception that comes into Christianity because we build a place that looks really good and it's painted really nicely and it looks fantastic and it looks like our neighbor's home. Everybody around us sits and can't tell the difference and and everybody looks very spiritual. The challenge comes when the storm arrives. The storm is the definer between whether you have a foundation or not. The question is not what you're building. The focus of everything that's being spoken about is what is your foundation? It doesn't matter. What he's saying is what you're building is inconsequential if your foundation isn't there. The focus is the foundation. The focus is the foundation. There are a lot of Christians who love God intently. And this is not designed as a criticism. What I'm trying to show is a place where a lot of Christians are in their walk with God. And the challenge that we have is that we believe in God to meet us at the place where his promises should be realized. I've been praying for it. I've been believing for it. I've been confessing it. I know everything about how the mechanisms are supposed to work. I understand kingdom truths. I understand God who loves me. I understand understand realities about the the Godhead and how it functions. I understand that I have the greater one living on. I can tell you all this stuff. The problem with it is so many times I go through life and things don't happen the way that they were supposed to. And I'm left at that place and I just want to say I don't understand. I don't understand. I laid hands on them and I prayed for them. But they didn't recover. I've been a tither. I've been looking for the blessing. I've been looking for the provision. And I don't understand. I don't understand. Those three words are powerful because there is a tremendous amount expressed in those three words. I don't understand. I'm frustrated, disappointed, perplexed. And ironically, the question actually presents its own answer. The question presents its own answer. You see, I didn't understand. There was a side to me that believed that if I could understand the things of God, if I could comprehend the things of God, if I could put them into their neatly contained boxes, if I could create a grid within my life where I was able to take the things of God and digest them in an intellectual capacity, somehow it would unlock the truth. But it didn't. But it didn't. You see, understanding is vital in the world but it doesn't affect your being understanding is vital in the world but it doesn't affect your being we go to school 
We commit 12 years of our life to school. What? We committed to understanding because we're in the world and we need to understand how the world operates. That is a good thing. You need that understanding in your life because it's going to give you some foundational insights so that when you come out of having an education, you're positioned to be able to move into life more successfully. I like it when I go into my doctor's rooms and I can actually see a certificate on the wall of graduation from a tertiary education. It means that you've got some understanding about the body and about diseases and sicknesses and how things. I like to see that. It's necessary. There are things in the world that are so important and hinge and, and, and are based on our ability to understand. Understanding is not a bad thing. Understanding only becomes bad when we take the grid for being successful in a natural capacity. And what we do is we use that to synthesize the things of God. Because all of a sudden, what we've done is we've adopted an approach that makes us successful in the world. And we think that by using that same model, it's going to make us successful in the kingdom. But it doesn't. You can read all you want. About patience. You can understand patience inside and out. You can read every doctrine on patience. You can study what every every psychologist and every psychiatrist has to say about it. You can have the whole history down pat. And as much as you understand patience, it's not going to manifest in your life. It is not a fruit of understanding. You think if you understand patience, you're going to have it. But we won't. You think... That if you understand peace, you will have it, but it won't. You see, peace doesn't come through our understanding. I know that there's a challenge in front of me. I know there's all kinds of things happening around me. I know that the stuff is, and I know that God has provided for me to walk into peace. So I, I can understand everything that it says scripturally. I can understand all of the doctrines. I can understand what the world has to say. I can understand every insight. It doesn't matter to what extent my understanding is established in that. It doesn't introduce me to peace. It doesn't introduce me to peace. What was Jesus saying to them? Jesus was saying, I need to go away so that the spirit of truth can come. What he was saying to them was, there are things that you can achieve. There are things that you can enjoy in your natural capacity. But I don't want you living there. I want you living in a different place. And in order for you to live in a different place, you're going to have to have a foundation that's established in something that you're not capable of doing. You think that through your understanding, you can get yourself established on the rock. I know better. And I'm telling you, if I don't go away, the spirit of truth won't come, which means you'll never get your life established on truth, which means you'll never walk into my plan for your life. It doesn't matter how much we know about peace. Patience. Compassion. If they're not in my life, I don't get to partake of them. Understanding is a wonderful thing and of great value in the natural realm. But it is a horrible, horrible excuse as a foundation builder. It's never going to build your life. It's never going to build your life. If you go through Europe, and Europe is a good place just because it's got so many thousands of years of history. One of the places where they've collected all of that history is in the galleries, the art museums. 
And when you go into those places and you walk along those hallways, you get to see the statue of David. And you get to see the birth of Venus. You get to see all the masterpieces. Masterpieces. Not every work of art from history made it into the museum. What made it into the museum were the masterpieces. You have to have and be established on a foundation of creativity to produce a masterpiece. If you're not a creative person, you might be able to give me a stick drawing. You might be able to give me an interpretation of what a person would look like. And I may look at that and say, you know what? I see that for what it is and it's, it's a kind of a person, but I can't define whether it's like a man or a woman or whatever it might be. But it's your interpretation. Why? Because you don't have a foundation of creativity to you. You're not creative in that way. But if you give it to somebody who is, it's simple for them. Why? Because it's just an expression of who I am. They take that and they manifest it in their life. And it's easy for them to create something that ultimately looks like a masterpiece. Why? Because it's not the product of everything that I've assimilated. It's not the product of everything that I've understood. It's the product of my being. I am creative, and so I produce creative stuff. The thing about it is, the foundation to your life is something that begins to infuse every part of your being. If you're a creative person, you don't wake up one day and you sit and say, well, I'm walking into the, art ga- into the studio right now, and because I've got the canvas and the easel in front of me, oh, there it is, there's the foundation. It's there permanently. It infuses and affects every part of your being. When you walk down the street, you look at things and you go, ew, I don't like that. Why? Because your creativity is kicked in. And it's like, that just doesn't look good. You look at certain structures and you go, that's not right because it's out of balance. It's out of whack. There's no symmetry. What happens? The being, the foundation to your life is expressing itself. You look at people and you go, you're so unexciting. You're so gray and boring. You don't mean to be critical, but why? There's something on the inside of you that sits and says, I know God created you as a unique individual. Give expression to your personality. What's happening? The foundation to my life is informing every part of who I am. I don't walk along the streets and sit and say, okay, now let me just see. What is the understanding about this? It's part of me. Your foundation becomes a part of who you are. It's there permanently. It infuses and affects the way you think, the way you feel, the way you approach life. Your foundation is important. You can understand all the principles about form. You can understand everything that there is to know about color. You can get in and you can understand perspective. You can understand the different mediums and how to use them. But you know what? You'll never create a masterpiece. Why? Because my foundation's not there. People will look at it and say it's really nice, but it's never getting into the gallery. Jesus said, you know what? I want you to populate the gallery. I want you to be the creators of masterpiece. A masterpiece is something that has nothing to do with me, but has everything to do with him. It's taking his life and establishing his life in the foundation of who I am so that I live off that on an ongoing basis. And when I walk into situations, what ends up happening is I live off the foundation and the foundation presents itself. Not because I was able to do anything, but because the foundation is something which permeates 
create and affect not only who I am in my disposition, but everything that's created. Our foundation becomes important. That's why your destiny is so important. We speak so much about in this church about your destiny. Romans chapter 8, be conformed to his image. What is he talking about? He's not saying, I don't want you to go and get a whole bunch of knowledge and information about Jesus. I don't want you to understand Jesus because your understanding isn't going to introduce you to life. What he's saying is the Jesus that you understand, you may have to let go of so that you can introduce, so that you can embrace the spirit of truth who will establish a foundation of Christ inside of you. It's not about what you understand. It's about who you are. It's about who you are. Your destiny is important. Why? Because I'm on a mission to sit and say, I'm getting established on the rock. I'm getting established on a foundation. I'm getting myself established on a substrata, which is everything to do with him and not to me, with, with me. And you know what the amazing thing is? You can't build it. You are not called to build the foundation. You're called to build the house. Not the foundation. Not the foundation. Every time a part of who you are speaks to you and it is and it presents to you an idea that is outside of God's design. It is an invitation for you to look at the foundation of your life in that area. If you're feeling depressed that is not God's design. What we don't deny it. That's not, that's not what God's intention is. God is not in the process or in, in the business of denial. God is in the pro- process and the business of walking you into the fullness of who he is. So when I feel something within myself, when I have an idea that says, you know what? I, I, I am not a good person. It's outside of God's order. When I must have something in my life that's not of God. It's not of God's order. When I have these things that come up on the inside of me, what it's saying is, I'm asking you to look at the, invita- at the foundation in that area because I'm telling you it's wobbly. I'm telling you that if you spend time around that, it doesn't matter what happens, but unless you get the foundation established on the inside of that, when life comes, when the storms arrive, when there's a demand placed on that, you're not going to stand. It's telling you something about yourself. We need to have our emotions. We need to have our thoughts. We need to have those things because what they do is it's a diagnostic tool that helps you see where you are, helps you locate where you are in relationship with God. But once you've located yourself, what it's saying is, what do you want to do with it? You want to carry on building your structure? That's okay, but the storm's coming. Or do we want to sit and say, you know what? Father, I need, I, I need a foundation here. I need a foundation. I need a foundation. He's telling them, it's good that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the spirit of truth can't come. Why is the spirit of truth important? Because Jesus is sitting saying, I know what your foundation is currently. And it's not of me. You relying and trusting on me to do everything in the flesh. Because I'm here. But my intention is that I go away. 
And the works that I do, you will do also, and greater works than these. But I can't leave those to you because you don't have a foundation. I've got to go. I've got to go so the spirit of truth can come. John chapter 15, verse 26. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. The spirit of truth is important because the spirit of truth is the one who's going to build the foundation. You can't build your foundation. The spirit of truth builds your foundation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He laid claim to truth. The spirit of truth is established in that same um, reality. This is why it's important. When it talks about truth, it's not talking about truth in the context that we understand it. Truth in in the context of true versus um, um, untrue. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about truth or false. Okay? When he's talking about truth, what he's talking about this, what he's talking about is this. He's talking about a perfect realization of a fundamental truth. A perfect realization of a fundamental truth, as opposed to an imperfect expression of it. So when Jesus says, I am your healer, an imperfect expression of it is for me to take it and for me to develop an understanding as to what that means. I'll put it into my natural grid. The problem with it is what I've just done is I've just compromised it because I've taken all the power out of it. I understand it. I can operate and, and use the principles because I got them all here. But there are no results. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, it's the Spirit who establishes the foundation on the inside of us. It's the Spirit who has to take those things and give us a perfect expression of what that is. He's establishing the foundation of our lives. When he establishes the foundation in our lives of healing, we live in a state of wholeness. Why? Because it's established in my life. I go through life with that permeating and affecting my being. I'm always looking for, from a perspective of I am whole and healthy. I don't entertain other stuff. Why? Because it's not part of my foundation. But I can't establish the foundation. The Holy Spirit has to do it. The Holy Spirit has to do it. When he says, I am the way, the truth, uh, 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 you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What is he saying? He was saying, when you know truth, when you understand and when you have an, a, a perfect expression of it as the foundation of your life, it will set you free. You have a perfect expression of God's provision for you and you'll walk into that as, an, as, a, as a reality for life. Why? Because it's a part of who I am. I'm always looking for ways that he can bless me. I'm always looking for his provision. I'm always looking for him to open up the windows of heaven and pour something out on me. Because it's a part of who I am. It's part of who I am. It's not what I know. It's not what I understand. Faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substrata. It's the foundation of things hoped for. What is it saying? 
It's saying, what is the foundation of your life? Because what the foundation of your life is, is going to determine what it is, what it produces. Anything that is of God, if we take that, it establishes a new reality on the inside of us. And when we take God's principles, when we take God's truth, when we understand who God is and what he's all about, and we spend time in that, and we allow the spirit of truth to come in, what he ends up doing is he takes that and he starts to inform a foundation on the inside of us. When I know those things, I live off that place and I live in the expectation that it presents itself. I've established on the inside of me a grid that is based on who God is. And when I live off that rock, I live in the expectation of those things happening. It's not about form. It's not about following three points. It's not about reading the scripture, holding it up, confessing it, and believing that God happens. It's not going to arrive. I've got the great formula, and it may be truth. You may still need to do, confess things. What I'm saying is it comes from our, our foundation, not from what we know or understand. Our foundation is fundamental. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. When we get into process with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, and we're looking for him to start to change and establish foundations in our life, realize this. It It is a spiritual journey. As a spiritual journey, what it means is we adopt principles of faith in order to realize it. Which means... When you're believing for God to establish a foundation in your life of whatever it might be, finances, prosperity. If you're looking for him to affect your life and establish a foundation of peace on the inside of you. You have to realize and you have to grab hold of that by faith. Which means you don't open your eyes and say amen and everything's changed. It may. God can do incredible things. But it may not. But you know what? What we do is we go through life and we sit and say, Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, I want to thank you that you're on the inside of me. I want to thank you that you're establishing on the inside of me that foundation of truth. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. And it doesn't matter if I make mistakes and the anxiety pops up every now and again. And it doesn't matter how I feel. None of those things are consequential. All of those things may be there. But I want to thank you, Father, right now that that's getting established on the inside of me. I live in the expectation and I live in the anticipation of that's coming into fruition. That's being established in me. I may not be able to see it or feel it. But I want to thank you that your word is true. And because it's true, I can rely on it. I say. What am I doing? I'm grabbing hold of those things and I'm allowing that to inform who I am. Get into the word about something that you need. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. It's the same principle. When you're establishing a foundation in your life, it comes by hearing. But it's not through understanding. It's by feeding it into the spirit. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you for this word that I've just read. I want to thank you for your peace. And as I just sit and meditate on that, I want to thank you that you open up a a revelation to me as to how I see myself in that context. What is it like to live off that foundation of peace? He's walking us into something. I think one of the biggest reasons that we struggle so much with the things of God, one of the biggest reasons that we struggle to see answers to the prayers that we have is because we live out of our understanding and we're not established on the rock. If we don't have that as a base to our life, it's very difficult to actually walk into the reality of that. Build your house on the rock. Build your house on the rock. 